Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Ricky Thompson, Baylor Radio uh, sideline reporter, analyst, joins us on 365 Sports. Ricky, thank you very much for your time. Is this a good week to have no game? Uh yeah, Smokey, I think it is. I talked a little bit about that after the football game. I think, to me, uh, as a player, sometimes an open date after a loss is not so good <laughs> because you've got some coaches that have time to extract that out on the players. But I think in this case, where you're really looking at regrouping, so to speak, that it was a good time to have an open date and get away from it. I think these guys went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going to have some time away. And I just think the timing was good. I always thought that while you're winning, if you're healthy, an open date was not a good thing. I think you wanted to keep playing, keeping that mode of winning football games and not getting away for a week. So, yeah, I think in this case, with what we've seen so far, that this timing was pretty good to have an open date. Ricky, how do they change the offense over the next couple of weeks to scrap the things that are not working, haven't worked, and won't work for the rest of the year? Well, number one, I think you have to do that. I think that we've seen enough so far with this offense mixed with the players that are running it that that something needs to change. So I'm going to be very surprised if we don't see some modifications it's hard to go in and just blow up an offense in two weeks. But I think I think some things will change. Uh, I think there may be even some personnel changes. And I think what you're going to see is, and this is me talking, a modification of this offense, the wide zone. I just don't think that maybe there's the horses in certain places right now to run that offense. And with that, I'm going to be really surprised if it's not maybe spread out and opened up a bit when you go to Cincinnati. Ricky, 
just how surprised were you by Saturday's result? I mean, all credit to Tech, and by all means, you know, give us your thoughts on what you saw from the Red Raiders as well. We have plenty of, of Red Raider fans that listen. Um, but just how surprised were you by the way that that unfolded on Saturday night? Well, I was shocked, probably much like they were last year when it was 45-17 to 17 in Lubbock. Uh, I didn't expect anything like that. I really thought it would be a close game. I didn't think by any means would we go in there and blow them out again. Uh, you know, you do that once and you come back the next time and it's not real likely. So, uh, But I thought those two teams were pretty evenly matched. And I thought and expected it to be a very close, hard-fought football game. And as it turned out, I thought Tech just whipped us uh, up front on both sides. And Taj Brooks had a great game. Uh, probably the difference in the game for them offensively, for sure. Uh, you had a quarterback there that had really had a lot of grief. And I think that running game really – helped him gain some confidence and make some throws and open their passing game up. But uh, I was really surprised at the result, and I don't think Tech was that much better than us, but they sure were Saturday. Ricky, um, Mac Rhodes was on with us yesterday afternoon, and, and I, I asked him the question, Craig and Paul had theirs too, about how do you sell this program moving forward uh, now or into the future in the state that it's in? And he, he discussed that, Listen, nobody's happy. Everyone's mad. Two and four, the loss to Tech, et cetera. He also brought up even the offense, and I know you discussed that a little bit earlier. It's not like he's going to go into the X and O's in the film room, but he said something must change. Should the defense have gotten a pass when that was mentioned? Uh, No, not really. I don't think any of them need a pass just from uh, what we've seen thus far. And I don't mean that in an ugly way. I just think that they all need to be really studied and take the time with this extra week to look at things that you can might do, whether it's a, a player personnel change here or there, whether it's a, a scheme here or there. And, you know, I, I, you're talking to a receiver here, so I'm, I'm a little biased on the offensive side, but, in the state of Texas, what, 99% of these schools run the spread? Would, would that be pretty close to accurate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that that's what kids like. That's what they want to play in. And I'm not saying you have to run the spread, but I am saying you have to open it up. And that's why I keep saying that I think offensively at some point you've got to open this thing up and do the things that players like and they want to see and they want to play in. And I think that's the way you fix that, that issue. Uh and that's one opinion, but I, I just think when, when kids see you flash and run the spread and run it fast, and and it's not just throwing the ball. Tech ran the spread, and they ran it down our throat. So uh, remember back in an era before this when we were running the spread, we also ran it for about 300 yards a game. So just because you run the spread doesn't mean you don't run the football. You do run it, but you also have four wides in the game, and they're generally guys that can really run and put stress on a defense and and back to my point that's what kids like and that's how they want to play and then defensively when you do that I think sometimes your defense changes too you play a different style of defense when your offense is running the spread and when you're scoring I think it's just automatic that the defense plays harder and I I'm not saying they shouldn't play hard when you're not scoring but you, know, you get fired up and you're watching the offense go down and score and you want to go out and get stops and get the ball back to them so 
I just think those are things we need to consider to get those players. And I think I think we got hurt with a couple of classes, you know, the COVID year, and then maybe didn't get the portal as soon as we should have. And we're playing a lot of young guys, and that that's a tough chore in the Big Twelve playing that many young people. Yeah, Ricky, he, Coach Rand has done it before, though. Like when he went to the wide zone, he realized that the personnel he had matched that offense, but the personnel he has now doesn't match it. So now he's in the an enviable position of trying to build a new offense to match the personnel he has in the middle of the season. Yep. Tough job. And thank goodness you have two weeks, but it's still a tough job, Paul. I mean, my gosh, you just, they've been doing this for how many years now? They did it in the spring. They did it in fall camp. They've done it for six games. And now we're saying, well, we're going to change it. We're going to open it up. It's not that simple. And just, People that watch these guys play need to understand it's not that simple. But on the other side of it, I think you got to do it. I just think you got to try it and you got to open it up. And uh, I would be really surprised if that's not the case. Hey, Ricky, I was wondering this about the wide receivers, especially uh, Keytron Jackson. This is not like a, a knock on them uh, per se, but just with your receiver experience. It, it feels like they want to go for the big play with those guys sometimes, and they're able to hit on a Monterey or a Hal Presley or in the year jumps up and makes a big catch. But as far as the big contested catches, especially to a guy like Keytron, it still seems like that's sort of a work in progress, and he's not quite the guy who's ready to just jump up and rip it away from a guy, right? He's still, I guess, e- evolving, but he's got the size. He's got all sorts of things. Where does that ultimately come from, that, that mentality of I'm going to jump up and if it's in within reach, I'm going to rip it away from the guy. It's not going to get batted away, or I'm not going to look for a flag. Well, I think it comes from repetition. And the other thing, I think, Craig, it comes from doing it a couple of times in a game. When you go up in a game and you see that you've got the ability to rip it from the guy, then the next time you go up, you're thinking, that's my ball, I'm going to go get it. And uh, I just, I'm flashing back, but Taquan Thornton, was one of the best I've ever seen at that, of going up and getting the ball. He had such good hands. And Denzel Mims, remember the Oklahoma mm-hmm. State game where he goes up and gets the fade at the end of the game? Yep. The defensive back had his hands on that ball just like Denzel did. That was a matter of who's going to pull it away. And Denzel won that one-on-one match. It, it was a good throw, but it was a better catch. And it was very much contested. And and part of that's just natural God-given ability, and part of gaining the confidence that you're going to go up and get the ball, and when it goes up, uh, it's yours. And a lot of that comes with the repetition of doing it. I know Keytron's had a couple of shots, had one in the end zone, I think at UCF, and then one that was deep down the Baylor sideline uh, last week that he didn't come down with. But uh, those are ones that you have to come down with, and I yeah. think Part of the struggles in this receiving core, too, is separation. If you just watch the routes and the way they run, sometimes I don't think they get the separation that they should, and they don't flip guys' hips. They don't turn them. They don't put the cornerback to make him just – anytime your body shifts as a corner, you're beat. I mean, that we, we've seen it on our side. You just It's hard to recover with the way these guys can run, and I just – I think they need to spend some time with that one-on-one, just learning to get up on a corner and making him turn in a direction that he doesn't want to go and then get that separation where Blake Chapin has room to zip that ball in there. Uh, I'm going to jump to Blake. That dude played football, got sacked six times Mm -hmm. and threw for, what, 320? Uh, 
that was a heck of a performance by Blake. I'm telling you, he was under duress that entire night. Isn't it amazing, Ricky, that it was last year where there were thoughts, and, and, and sometimes rightfully so, about whether he would get that extra yard because there were times when you wondered if he did, and, and he didn't most of the time. But he's gotten blown up at the goal line against, what, Texas State, absolutely devoured prior to the uh, comeback win against UCF before the kill, field goal, and then he just took a beating against Texas and also against both uh, last night or Saturday night against Texas Tech. Yeah, you know what? As you were asking that, I'm trying to remember – a play that he even tried to slide this year, and I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, uh, that kid is tough as a boot. He's got a great arm. He's got a quick arm. He's got a Namath-like arm where it's almost like he doesn't even cock. He just flips it by his ear, and the ball flies out of his hand. He's got the ability to be a very, very good college quarterback, and I just think he needs – the help around him to get there, which I, I think will happen. But uh, and besides that, he's just played tough. He he's made well. Let's go back to UCF. The run he made to set up the field goal. Yeah, that's what I, I want. They yeah, turned him every. They, mm-hmm. they turned him every which way but loose on that run. He went head first trying to get a couple extra yards to get that kick. And I'm thinking, good grief! I don't know if he's going to get up. But uh, he has played gutsy. And remember too, that's that's first game back with a hurt knee so uh i'm i'm really proud of blake and the game he's played yeah i think that if anybody questions his toughness outside of all that just yeah. look at how many times he's had to pick himself up off the ground of no fault of his own mm-hmm. well and take away the six sacks the other night when we tried the boot or the wackle the minute he had the fake and rolled out he had the defensive end or linebacker right in his face Every time, yep, and and that was a helmet in the chin, and that hurts a lot more than a sack because you're not prepared for it. And a lot of times, when you take the sack, at least you see them coming. And on that boot or the waggle, they were in his face as soon as he turned around. And I don't know how many shots he took, stacked the sacks on top of it. How many shots did he take on just regular plays where he's trying to get rid of the ball? Ricky, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, and it, it, it might be, but if you took the Baylor offense and everybody threw everybody's players into a, you know, the starters into a, a, a bucket, like a draft, right now, based on production and based on what you've seen, how many of the Baylor starting 11 to 15 in rotation do you think would be chosen? Chosen by by other t- by by whoever was up next. Yeah, well, I I think Blake's in that list. Uh, I think Monterey's in that list because of speed. Uh, Keytron probably just because of of body. Uh, Richard Grease, and I'm not sure why where he went last week. You know, I, I we didn't see much out of him late in the game, and I haven't heard anything or reason for that. Uh, but you know, the, the list isn't long, and, and I think it's not long just because maybe we haven't seen them at their optimum and they haven't been in the right position to make those plays. And I think that maybe is not fair to them, just like we talked about the wide zone, which was the perfect offense for us in 21, and maybe not right now. So I, I think being fair, you have to get those guys in the right position to make plays. Ricky, thank you. Ricky Thompson, Baylor Radio sideline reporter, former 
Bears wide receiver also played, of course, in the NFL with Washington with us on 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.